Well, good morning, guys. It is a, a joy to be with you guys this morning. Uh, for those of y'all who may not uh, know Marcy and I, my name is Trey Corey. This is my wife, Marcy. Hello. Uh, we reside at uh, Southwood. So uh, for you Anderson people, uh, if we've not had a chance to meet you guys, it's a joy to be with you guys. It's a joy to have all you guys here this weekend at retreat. One of the funnest parts of the year. Well, uh, let me pray for us as we tackle this topic of dating this morning. Uh, Father God, we give you great thanks this morning that your love is greater and it is matchless than any other love. And Father, I pray this morning as we to- tackle this topic and as we talk through it, Lord, I pray that our words would be yours. I pray that you would direct our thoughts, that you would illuminate our minds, that uh, the scriptures would be unfolded so that we could see and we could hear and understand. Uh, Father, I pray that you would come in into this topic in our lives and your spirit would convict, would challenge, would teach us. I pray that we could walk out this morning with a sense of uh, how to walk this thing out by faith, how to trust you in it in a way that looks radically different than when we walked in this morning. Pray that you would transform us, that you would challenge us, and that you would lead us and guide us this morning. Father, we ask for these things this morning through your Son and by your Spirit. Amen. Amen. To start out with you guys, I ran across a story this week again uh, of a guy named Peter Davies. In 1986, he had graduated from uh, University of Northwestern, and he had ended up venturing out on a safari trip to Kenya. Uh, He was venturing through the bush at one point, and he came across a young bull elephant who had one foot in the air. And as he got closer and as he kind of casually and cautiously approached, he began to notice there was something sticking out of that elephant's foot. And as he got closer, he realized that it was actually a, a piece of wood that was sticking out of the elephant's foot. And you could tell that the elephant was in distress. And so he approached and he came near and he eventually got so close enough that he bent down on a knee and he pulled out his knife and he wedged the wood out of the elephant's foot. The elephant puts his foot back down gingerly and cautiously puts his weight back on it and then trumpets loudly with joy and with exhilaration that he's okay and he's going to be all right. And then there's this moment where the elephant and Peter kind of stare at one another uh, and there's this intense exchange and Peter's honestly wrestling with, is he about to be trampled underfoot and killed by this elephant, all right? And there's no one around. There's nothing else he can do. He can't run away. And eventually the, tr- uh, the elephant trumpets again loudly and then just runs off. And that moment for Peter really uh, was an encounter that he would remember the rest of his life. In fact, about 20 years later, Peter and his teenage son Cameron would be going through the Chicago Zoo. And they would be venturing through, and then they would eventually come to the elephant enclosure with a series of elephants. And as he came near, he noticed one in particular that sure seemed familiar. And in fact, the elephant himself really kind of seemed to be staring back at Peter. And so he thought, what in the world? Surely this couldn't be the same elephant. Surely not. And all of a sudden, he kind of summoned his courage, and something moved within him. And he got out of and climbed over the railing and into the elephant exclosure, all right? And so he's down there with the elephants, and the elephant's doing the same thing that he remembered back in that safari in Kenya. He's raising his foot, he's trumpeting loudly. It seems just like that same moment 20 years ago, as if the elephant is just calling him in. The elephant trumpets again loudly, and this time he takes his trunk and he wraps it around Peter's leg and slams it against the railing, killing him instantly. (laughs) All right. It wasn't the same elephant, all right? And that story didn't at all turn out like you thought it did, did it? Oh, goodness. And if I could be honest with you, I would tell you that that's not a real story at all, all right? Um, Peter is still dead because he never was alive, all right? He's a fictitious man, all right? Um, I actually received that as an email forward one time that was a mocking of all those inspirational stories, right? You're kind of reading through it, knowing there's this, like, heart-melting moment at the end, and you find out Peter's killed, right? You're just like, what in the world, Right? And I thought, how, how absolutely appropriate as a transition to the topic of dating, all right? Um, but we're not 
dater haters. We're here to talk good things about dating. So but, but, but there may be some of you that have thought you've got into the ring known as dating and you've been trampled underfoot and killed, right? Uh, I don't know where you've been. I don't know what your experience has been, but I do know one thing, all right? Uh, whether you're single this morning, whether you're in a dating relationship, whether you've had a lot of dating experience in the past or not, dating rarely turns out anything like you thought it would, right? It rarely begins like you think it will begin. It rarely progresses like you think it will progress. And it rarely ever ends like you think it will end and hope it will end. In fact, that's why I think it's often encouraging that dating only has to work out one time, right? Uh, You can bat one for a hundred and it's a success, right? Uh, You may bat one for one and heavens, that's amazing, right? Um, You may date and then marry that person and you're off to the uh, wedding chapel and uh, you have no heartache and no heartbreaks. But that's not really what happens for a lot of us. And so as we kind of talk about dating, I know for me, as I kind of walked through college, that there was a lot of heartbreak, if I'm honest with you. Um, I, I know we've used the phrase over and over again of determining the relationship, this moment in time where you sit down with someone of the opposite sex, and you kind of share, hey, here's my heart, here's where, and things I've seen. I was kind of hoping that maybe this relationship would move on to maybe boyfriend-girlfriend or to a dating kind of situation. And I kind of came up with a new terminology when I was in college because in the, every time that I tried to DTR, instead of what would happen was I had RTF. Uh, there was always a moment where the girl would re-clarify the friendship that we had, right? Um, you know that, I like you, Trey. You're a great friend and we'll be good friends forever, right? Um, that was at least my experience. Thank you, babe. Um, and if any of y'all know our story, um, actually, it was about halfway through junior year that a light bulb went off for me. Marcy was probably one of my uh, closest and best uh, female friends. And uh, we could laugh hysterically. We could talk deeply. Uh, we could talk about nothing. Um, I saw a girl who loved the Lord. And all of a sudden, a light bulb went off for me. Uh, and unfortunately, that light bulb did not go off for her until 14 months later. All right. Um, and there were actually about seven DTR conversations where she reclarified our friendship and crushed my heart. All right. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. Um, so our story really isn't a uh, textbook. All right. Our story is kind of different. And, and, and if anything, though, I think it highlights uh, whether whatever your stories have been, uh, what our story is, that often dating is a process that I think requires great faith. Uh, dating is often not what you see is not what you get. It is a step in a process that, that is unseen, unsure how it will transpire, unsure how it will end. And so dating requires great faith. Our hope for you guys this morning as we walk out of here is that as you look at dating or as you look at singleness, no matter where you are, that you will approach it out of greater faith. That you won't avoid dating or interdating out of fear, but you will um, stay and reside as single or interdating out of faith. Trusting the Lord no matter where you are, no matter where he's called you right now. That you'll find a spot to walk out of uh, in dating in greater faith. And so Marcy's going to talk a little bit more about that. Yes. And first of all, I kind of want to apologize for the elephant story. (laughs) It wasn't exactly my favorite story for dating, but I think it does make that really good point that not every story, including ours, is like this romantic fairy tale where everything just goes perfectly the whole time. And what's so funny is the world kind of tries to sell us on this whole fairy tale idea. And it starts when you're young. I mean, Caroline's just two, our little daughter, but already there's all this princess gear being sold, trying to like really encourage you from the very beginning that you need to be this beautiful princess and you're going to have this knight in shining armor that's going to just whisk you away and you're going to know that instant when you see him across the room that that's the person for you. But you know what? In real life dating, it doesn't always happen that way. And like Trey said, it takes faith. It takes trust. And um, I love Psalm 146.3 because it it says, do not trust in princes or in human, human beings who cannot deliver. 
And so as you think about, okay, who is the prince that we really can trust? And that's Jesus Christ. We have already been delivered. We're already secure in who we are in Christ. And so we've been rescued. We've been delivered by Jesus Christ. So we don't need to necessarily trust that a prince is going to come in his knight in shining armor because you know what? Christ is our prince and we are already um, rescued. And it's not like we need to necessarily be rescued from this plight of singleness. It's that the Lord has us where we are for a reason. And so I love the idea of just knowing that we're all already rescued and we're already secure in who we are in the Lord. And that dating doesn't like complete us or fix us. We need to be whole, complete people in who we are um, already and trust the real prince, trust the real rescuer. That's Jesus Christ. Not if I'm going to be dating or not, because that's not what completes us. We know we have one prince. We know we have one rescuer, but we also have one true joy. And I love Psalm 28, 7, because it says, The Lord strengthens and protects me. I trust in him with all my heart. I am rescued and my heart is full of joy. I will sing to him in gratitude. And you know what, guys? Like, girls too. Um, The Lord is our all in all. He is our true joy. And whenever we can fully trust him, we can know that he is our full joy. And you know what? Maybe not every single season is full of just happy, happy happiness, because you may think that growth group leader across the room is like super, super cute. And then the moment that he asks out your roommate, it may not be the happiest moment of your life, but you can be full of joy because Christ has already completed us and we can have our joy rest in him and not if or if that guy or girl is interested in us. And so Once we realize that Christ is our true prince, he's our true joy, and he's also our true, um, you know, security, that that is far more important than like our relational status, then we can know that, you know what, he's our all in all. He's going to be the one that's going to fully satisfy us. I'm sure y'all have seen um, that whole analogy of like the big bucket where you fill it with beans and fill it with everything in your life, and then you try to make Christ your first priority and your main joy, but it just doesn't fit because you've already filled your heart with everything else. But then if you like dump it all out and instead put that big ball at the beginning, Christ being your true joy, your all in all, then everything else is going to flow in around it. It's just such a neat analogy because he is our true um, like place that our security should be in. And then everything else will fall a lot better all around it. And we're going to be secure not in our relational status, but in who we are in him. And I must say, even though our story is not like the most romantic of all stories, because it kind of took me a while to decide. Um, <laughs> I eventually won that battle. Though. Yes. But that was part. <laughs> yes, he did. And I'm so thankful because we've been married 10 years and are very, very happy. And it's just neat to see that... Um, Even through that, through that heartache and that really hard time, like Trey's security didn't rest on if I liked him in that moment or not, because that was my fault for kind of being wishy-washy. But his security was like in who he was in the Lord. And y'all, that is attractive to people. And so please know the more firmly rooted (laughs) you can be in your like um, who you are in Christ, rather than like seeking to be complete in another person, that's going to exude confidence and that's going to be a good thing. So I just want to encourage us to really like fully trust the Lord and to fully know that, um, you know what? 
the Lord is our guide and he will completely guide us through the whole um, situation. And if you don't know instantly that that's the person you're going to marry for the rest of your life, it's okay. You know, I had this sweet friend at ASC with me when I was in college and her name is Ashley. And she knew from the moment she met this guy, Chad, that he was going to be her husband and they were going to be missionaries to a Muslim country. She just knew it. And so all the rest of us were like, wow, our faith must not be very great because we don't know what's going to, you know, happen or we don't, you know, we're just kind of walking this out in faith. Well, that is rare. Like, yes, they ended up getting married, but that's a very rare situation. Usually you don't know that first moment that you see someone, but that's the beauty of relationships. And the Lord has like called us into them because you know what? They are faith stretching. You want motivation to get out there and date guys? Ask a girl out because that's going to stretch your faith because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know if you're going to have a next date, but that's going to help grow your faith because you're going to trust in the Lord and not in a situation because we all know we need him as our guide. You know, I think faith is such an ethereal, it's kind of hard to grab hold of. And so how, how do I know if I'm dating by faith or not? So what we're going to kind of do is kind of transition and kind of give uh, to the guys and the girls kind of some specific examples of what faith does, how faith works in the context of dating. And so I'm going to obviously talk to the guys and kind of say, as we kind of begin, uh, what does it look like for faith to impact a, a dating relationship? And the first is I think that faith causes us guys to step out, all right? Uh, we are the guys that are meant to begin the action, all right? We are the ones that are meant to be the initiators. Um, or to use an analogy, we're the ones that are to light the fuse, all right? So sometimes you may be lighting a stick of dynamite and it may blow up on you, all right? Um, uh, but that's the risk that you and I take as men, all right? We are the ones that step out and sometimes it doesn't go like we want. But the, again, that is our, our responsibility. That is our, our challenge. I had a good buddy of mine, uh, his uh, senior year, uh, I remember him asking out a girl uh, actually in the foyer outside of the main sanctuary at Anderson. And that girl literally, and I kid you not, no exaggeration, put her hands on her head and said, like are you kidding me? <laughs> now, um, ladies, please, please be kind to us as we, uh, <laughs> as we, uh, as we step out. All right. Um, and I will give my buddy a, a credit because he actually steadied himself and he said, well, I'll let you pray about it. <laughs> As if prayer was going to change that kind of response, right? Um, you know, and so I, I think for a lot of us, you know, as guys, it really is on us to step out. It is on us to light the fuse and to begin this thing, all right? We have the responsibility of the first step. Um, and this may sound heretical coming from you guys as the pastor here, but I think some of you guys are spending way too much time praying, all right? Um, I'm not anti-prayer, all right? But I think there are, for some of us, I think some of us hide out and spend a lot of time just waiting in, in, in this spiritual activity of praying that seems good, when in reality, I think it, it can be a context and a cover for our fear. I, I think sometimes we need to continue praying and step out, all right, and, and take action and trust that the Lord will reveal what he might have as we step out and as the process starts. I think sometimes as we kind of spend a whole bunch of time, in a sense, in our room praying, we begin to construct something that may not at all be true, and God may actually begin to show us what he intends within a relationship as we step out. Um, I've had the analogy, heard the analogy before, that maybe directions come as a ship leaves the dock. Sometimes we guys have to leave the dock and begin to step out and allow the Lord to direct that ship as we move out. I think for us guys, uh, the, the challenge for us sometimes I think isn't as much... Uh, action as it is communication. And so I think for us, if we're dating by faith, it's not just that we step out, but I think we also, hello, can you advance it, BJ? 
uh, I think faith also causes us to speak up. And maybe we paused. All right. Um, I, I think faith also causes us to speak up. Uh, I, I think our job isn't just to begin the action, but our job is also to begin the communication. All right. Uh, we guys uh, can do stuff, but it often is, is a challenge for us to be clear and communicative as to what we're doing and why we're doing it. I think a lot of guys uh, enter into a Bermuda Triangle known as the friend zone, all right? Um, and they enter in and, uh, <laughs> wow, do you guys, you hear that? Did you see, sense that, all right? Some of you guys enter in the friend zone and you never emerge. It's like a Bermuda Triangle, all right? Uh, and you enter in and girls have no idea what you're doing in this zone and they have no idea because you never exit out of the zone, all right? Uh, we, another terminology that we've used in the past is freighting, all right? You guys are pursuing someone to build a relationship that's not just intended for a friendship, but you have ulterior and other motivations, right? Uh, and so your job as guys is to communicate exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it, all right? Sure, there may be a time that you don't know exactly whether you're interested or not, so you're trying to get to know somebody, but a moment comes when you're clearly not in this just for an innocent friendship. You have motives that are beyond that friendship, and at that point, frankly, you are lying. You are uh, operating out of a lack of integrity because you're presenting a set of motives and, and means that are not clear and not understood by the girl. Your job is to be direct and to communicate. Uh, let me uh, challenge you guys. If you are hitting that spot where it's time to speak up, be direct, all right? Uh, don't Facebook. Don't text. Um, uh, don't. Just be personal. Be either on the phone or in person. Look her in the eyes and say, I would like to take you out on a date, all right? Um, Whoop. Now, uh, like that. <laughs> so, some of us guys kind of hide behind the whole, hey, let's go grab coffee. Let's go grab lunch, uh, and then the girl's wondering, based on whether you pay, what's going on, you know, like, yeah. they have no idea that. until you've pulled out your wallet or not. And that's kind of like their first hint as to what's going on, all right? But let me push you guys a little bit forward and say, communicate clearly. If this is a date, call it a date, all right? Uh, you guys, and, and I say you guys, I was the same way, all right, through college. Uh, it is a lot easier. It is much less risky to remain in this cover of ambiguity, Right? That's why we enter into the Bermuda Triangle, right? We can enter in, and it's, it's not uh, absolutely clear. There's not much risk if we just kind of enter in as friends, kind of hide out for a little while. Um, but you guys got to be direct and, and at some point communicate clearly that you're interested. And let me challenge you also, not just to remain under the cover of ambiguity, but uh, to be the one that steps out and takes the communication risk in terms of vulnerability, right? I think sometimes we can be unclear as to what uh, we're uh, doing, and meanwhile, we're trying to find out exactly how she's feeling, all right, guys? You have to step out and communicate before you know what she's feeling. Let me give you an analogy. Uh, I think this is a lot like cannonballing into a pool that you don't know the temperature of, all right? Um, so uh, when you cannonball, it is clear you've arrived, right? There's no mistaking, all right? Um, and, and yet some of us only cannonball into pools that we know are warm, all right? Uh, and my point is some of us only finally communicate that we're interested when we know she's interested, that lacks faith and that lacks courage. Mm -hmm. And you are minimizing your risk. You're minimizing what it looks like to be the man in the relationship. You guys have got to begin the action and begin the communication. You have the first step and you have the first words. And because as you communicate, what, what you end up doing is disarming, disarming a gathering that, that occurs the moment you drop her off. Uh, some of you guys may not realize this, uh, but the moment you drop her off from a date or from a non-date that is a date that you don't want to call a date... Um, 
Uh, when you drop her off, uh, a process ensues almost every single time. Uh, her roommates gather around. Uh, when I was dating Marcy, uh, she lived at the Chi Omega sorority house. So it wasn't just roommates, it was like a whole house, all right? Um, and they begin a, a process, a high council, a gathering in which they uh, scrutinize what you wore, what you ate, what you said, whether you paid. And, and whatever you've not communicated, they're going to speculate and tell her what you meant, all right? <laughs> And so my challenge to you in communication is all about information control, all right? Uh, You want to control what she understands, and you don't want her roommates uh, filling in all the gaps for you because what they fill in may not at all be what you want them to grasp and what you want her to think. And so it is your job to communicate, all right? And and the last thing I want to say is, as you guys, in a sense, begin the action, begin the communication, the challenge as guys is that we can be strong at times, and we can, uh, in a sense, feel as leaders that we can, at times, I fear, begin to control things, all right? Let me challenge you guys, as as we actually step out and take action, as we step out and communicate, that we hold everything loosely, we don't know where this relationship is going. And so uh, we need to start out light. We need to start out easy. We need to start out fun. Uh, I knew a guy who took a girl out on a first date and actually asked her, how many kids do you want? Yeah, don't do Please, that. please <laughs> don't do that, all right? Um, don't communicate and begin to speak way into the future before this relationship is ready for it, all right? I think sometimes we guys get anxious about our relationship and so we want to grab hold of it. And we can grab hold of it by becoming possessive. We can grab hold of it by uh, over-communicating. So every date has a DTR. Uh, you heard me say communicate. So every, every date, every hangout is like a state of the union as to where we are, where we're headed, all right? Yeah. Uh, you're going to scare her off, all right? And, and, and cause her to run far, far away, all right? So uh, for you guys, as you, as you communicate, as you stick, take action, hold things loosely. Trust the Lord with it. You are to not just lay out your intentions, but you're to lean on the Lord, walking by faith in and through this process. Yes. And girls, we also want to walk out this relationship by faith. It's going to look a little bit different just because girls have a different role. But one first thing to just um, throw out there is that faith values the unseen. You know, 1 Peter 3, 3 through 4 says, Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Did y'all hear that? This is a great worth. So that means that all of you girls have great worth because of who you are in the Lord. So we really do want to spend more time beautifying the inside than the outside. Um, Because when we do that, it's going to help us to be more secure in who we are in the Lord. And just to know like where our value is found. Because so many times the world is just like screaming messages of where our value should be found. When really, y'all know where your real value is found. And that is in who we are in Christ. And just know that you are worth it. You're worth a guy pursuing you. You want to date someone that's going to be your spiritual hero. So why settle for someone that, you know, you're going to have to drag along spiritually. It's so much better to um, know who you are in Christ. Know that your worth comes from who you are on the inside. And know that you're precious and of great worth in the Lord's sight. Um, So you also want to be precious to that person that wants to date you. I loved what Trey said as far as guys really pursuing the girl, stating your intentions clearly. Because from a girl's angle, it makes it so much better just to know like where things are at. So you as a girl aren't having to be the one that steps up and you know communicates. Okay, now also faith waits um, on the guy. We know that there's Facebook, there's Twitter, there's texting, there's all kinds of ways to kind of learn about somebody before actually getting to know them. 
But my challenge to you girls is to wait and get to know the actual guy, not all this information about him, because you've been Facebook creeping on his wall, and then you act like you don't really know that about him when you totally know that he went to Colorado this summer, you know? But like, I mean, that's kind of a weird enough thing, but just know that we got to know the real person, not just like who they are or maybe who someone has said that they are, but wait on the guy to initiate and pursue you rather than, you know, trying to fill in the blanks. Um, Really trust the Lord and don't let your thoughts and feelings just kind of get way out ahead. Um, You know, like if I fully trust the Lord, then I don't have to rely on, and then you fill in the blank. Like for some of us, we do rely on like Facebook or um, maybe Twitter or what friends say about a guy, but rather we just need to trust the Lord that if it's right, you know what, that guy's going to pursue us and we have to wait on the Lord. Um, You know, I heard a story this week about a girl seven years into marriage. She's the one that um, pursued the guy. She asked him out. She's the one that kind of got the relationship going, kind of manipulated him into marriage, kind of was the leader all throughout their marriage so far. So now they have two kids, and she's looking at him, and he's so not the leader. And she goes, honey, why don't you just step up and be a man and lead? And his shoulders just kind of slumped, and he said, because you never let me. And that just kind of gave me the chills because I think so many times that is the world where the girl's like, well, the guy's not stepping up. I guess I need to step up. And then it just sets this really bad pattern all throughout their relationship. And really, we want the guy to lead. And it shows you so much about his character whenever he does step up and lead. And it really does show you a lot about the man that he's going to be by the way he pursues you. So girls, know that y'all have great worth and know that, you know, living in faith, we are going to, um, to wait on the Lord. Okay. Faith also waits during the process. Um, you know what? Relationships, they just take time to grow. And, uh, you know, the whole thing of like the high council and all your roommates analyzing, well, girls, that can also be a dangerous thing to start to try to read between the lines of what the guy's saying. And so really try to just trust the Lord with the process, trust the Lord with his timing and, Know that the Lord doesn't just like say, hey, you should guard your heart maybe. No, he commands us like guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Proverbs 4.23. Because know girls that your heart, it's a valuable place. So for you to spend all this time and like preoccupation and obsession over a guy, well, that's like time and energy and thoughts that you can put towards serving the Lord, towards discipling girls, towards you know, having a lot of fun with your friends and like truly digging into this season that the Lord has you in. And so we just want to make sure that we don't get so distracted by thoughts of this guy. Does he like me? Does he not? That we stop trusting the Lord and like fully serving him where we're at right now in this season. And so we've talked a lot about trusting the Lord. Sounds great. All of us want to trust the Lord. Yes. But what does that really mean? Um, Well, it means spending time with the Lord, sweet times with the Lord, you know, memorizing scripture. If it's hard to memorize scripture, like write it out on your iPhone, like do whatever it takes to meditate on verses that, you know, can help capture your heart and your mind towards the Lord rather than daydreaming towards this dreamy looking guy that may even be here at retreat. You don't know, but you really want to make sure that your heart is not running away from you. Um, but rather that you are living in reality and trusting the Lord, like that he's going to provide a guy that will step up and that will um, pursue as he needs to. 
And it's just, it's good to pray in this season. I just think that it's, um, it's so important that we just really trust the Lord, that he's going to grow it in his season, and that, you know, it's a great time to just be content where we are, because then we will be so much more secure in who we are in him. I think it's not just uh, girls, but it's also guys. It's all of us that have to uh, practice some restraint on where our heart and where our mind goes. I have to be patient as dating relationships unfold and as the Lord guides and leads them. I think another area of restraint that we have to practice is in the physical arena, all right? So um, Jamie's going to have the privilege, uh, whoops, uh, he's going to have the privilege of uh, talking about this uh, all the more tonight on the topic of sex. Um, but he's going to kind of move a little bit beyond the arena of dating per se. And so we kind of want to still hit a little bit something in that arena this morning. Um, and just as uh, the emotional and the mental aspect of dating, you have to constantly uh, be restraining and be patient with it. I think the physical arena is the same. Um, in fact, uh, as you think about the physical arena in dating, I've used a couple of analogies in the past. One is a roller coaster that it is, it, it, it picks up steam as you experience certain things together physically. All right. In fact, you are designed and created such that that system bodily picks up steam towards the bottom of the roller coaster ride, which is sex. All right. Sexual intercourse. Just get these words out there. All right. Uh, more are, more are coming and greater ones tonight. I can promise you. All right. Um, you know, and then we laugh, but, but we know that, you know, that sexual intercourse we know is, Hey, the God has drawn the line and said, this is for marriage. And so, uh, the question becomes, well, what's appropriate and what's, what's, um, what's godly, what's wise is everything before that just a big, uh, you know, gray zone that, uh, well, just go with your conscience. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that's the case. In fact, I think, and a couple of principles I'd give you is that there ought to be an element of frustration and uh, uh, impatience that comes in this arena. I think if you're not experiencing frustration and you're not having to hit the brake and wait, then something's wrong. Um, another analogy that I've used in the past is uh, Uncle Julio's chips. Anyone? Whoop. Fellow obsessed lovers. All right. I will tell you that every time I open a bag of Julio's, and especially when I combine it with the also laden with MSG's Julio salsa, um, Amazing heavenly combination, all right? Uh, but every time I open uh, one of those things and I get, get going on an afternoon or it's a football game and I'm enjoying that heavenly combo, I'll tell you, I, I never walk away thinking, I should stop now. <laughs> um, there's never been a time that I've thought, I've had enough. You know, I'm good. Um, the only thing that ever stops me is one of two options. Either A, the bag is empty, or two, uh, some element of, of conscience comes in and says, you should probably stop, all right? Or um, I give him an apple instead. Yeah, or Marcy walks in and gives me a health talk, all right? So um, she's that good voice in my head, right? Marriage, all right? So um, <laughs> so, so here's the deal. I, I think uh, Uncle Julio's are a lot like the physical arena in dating, all right? You're, you may never actually think, oh, that's enough, all right? And the reality is that physical restraint actually communicates more to the person that you're dating than physical expression. Physical restraint communicates more honor to the person you're dating than physical expression. You ought to be hitting the brake. You ought to be restrained. You ought to be in a waiting mode for what's coming. Mm -hmm. And so there's an element, and then I want to awaken you to say, be careful. The entire thing is a system that's meant to move downhill and to gain momentum. And so if you look for the edge, if you are waiting to get up to as close to the black line as you can, you are going to be in a lot of trouble, all right? Uh, and so I would challenge you to think about boundaries. Uh, one of the greatest discussions you can have with someone you're dating after you've kind of gotten a little bit further along 
uh, is hey, what are the boundaries that we're going to operate by? What are, where, what are we going to feel is wise and, and above reproach in the physical arena as we date? Uh, one of the things I've picked up that I've heard over and over again that it's not a, sell, a, a fail-proof thing, but I think it's wise, is the three nothings. That as you guys date, nothing should clothes-wise should ever come off, all right? Uh, there's no reason to ever be taking any clothes off. I'll give you a sock, but that's it, all right? Uh, and not just that nothing comes off, but nothing, above, or nothing below the neck, all right, and above the knee. There's no reason that hands need to be going anywhere in those vicinities. And then lastly, nothing lying down, all right? Um, once lying down starts happening, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. I don't know what it is, but that's just trouble, all right? So uh, nothing lying down, no clothes come off, nothing above uh, the knees and below the neck. And, and that's not a, a fail or a safe-proof plan, but I think it is wise and it's helpful. And uh, I think another arena that is wise that I've noticed over time is um, sometimes it's, it's great to be wise about the environment and the situations you put yourselves in. Uh, if you're spending a lot of time behind a closed door late at night, um, and you're tired and you're alone, it's not a great uh, setting to be above reproach whether anything's happened or not, but it's also not a great setting to continue to place yourself in, especially if you're at all struggling in that arena. And the reality for a lot of us as we walk through this arena and as we've had uh, relationships and experiences in the past, so many of us have (laughs) failed. So many of us have fallen short. There's so many of us that have regrets and disappointments and heartaches in light of where we've been, in light of what we've done, in light of who we've been with. And maybe it's not just in the physical arena, but as you look back at relationships and you're a guy, you think, man, I've not led. I've not protected the girl. I've not communicated to the girl. And maybe uh, you're a girl in here and you think, man, I've not waited at all. <laughs> I've gotten out there and I've, and I've uh, pursued things and I've tried to put things in my hands and I've not been patient. So many of us uh, in the relationships that we've been a part of and been in have regrets and have disappointments. That's normal. That's where a lot of us have been. And the great freedom and the great um, good news is obviously that Jesus Christ in his death and his uh, payment on a cross has forgiven us of our sins. And he doesn't care where we've been, what we've done or who we've been with. The payment he made on the cross was sufficient no matter where we've been. And it covers over all of our sins, all of our past relationships, all of our past mistakes. There's nothing that we could have done that Christ looks at us and says, oh, that's, that's too much. <laughs> My love can't go that far. And what I love about what Christ has done is not just that his payment was enough to redeem us from wherever we've been, but it's also enough to restore us no matter where we've been. And no matter where you've been this morning or this past year or this in, in your high school experience, the good news is that it's not just that Christ has redeemed you from that, but Christ has restored you and given you an opportunity for a new kind of relationship. Your next relationship or the relationship that you're in right now is not determined by where you have been. It is not determined and it's not nailed down based on the trajectory of where you've been in the past, but it's determined by the new guide that you have and the new joy that you find in this guide that is Jesus Christ. Jesus has redeemed us from wherever we've been and he's a guide that directs us down a new path so that maybe for some of us we can experience a new kind of relationship maybe for the first time. I don't know where you've been, but I know for me that was incredible encouragement. Uh, In the midst of the uncertainty of dating, maybe in the midst of the mistakes that some of us have had in the past, that Christ is a guide that draws us and directs us into a new kind of relationship that is not determined based on where we've been, but is determined based on our dependence in him and our willingness to be patient and to wait as he leads and as he guides and as he provides. So let me pray for us. Father God, I give you great thanks uh, that your love is matchless. I thank you that you are our great prince. You are the one who's come to rescue us. And that in you we are complete, in you we are secure, in you we are whole and loved. And Father, I pray for so many of us as we look at dating, Lord, I pray that we wouldn't place expectations on it, 
that are only are yours to fix, only are yours to answer. Father, I pray that we would find in you a sufficiency uh, and a delight uh, that would allow us to pursue dating, able to give, able to bless, able to love. Father, I pray that you would direct us. I pray that you would guide us. I pray that you would give us wisdom as we navigate through this thing that is uncertain and that is unsure. Father, I pray that your face would be enough as we wait and that you would guide us and direct us uh, in the timing and into the person that you have for us. Father, I pray that if we're single, uh, if we're waiting, Lord, I pray that you'd allow us to wait out of faith. I pray if we're single, Lord, allow us to not avoid dating out of fear. Uh, Allow us to uh, really go before you and consider really how does faith and fear operate in our lives as we think about dating. Father, I pray that you'd allow us, no matter the lot that we're in, to pursue where you've put us out of faith, out of courage, out of trust. Trusting you with what you have for us, trusting you in the timing you have it, um, and in the direction and the person you have it as well, Lord. Father, we ask for these things through your Son and by your Spirit. Amen.